Well, hey, welcome to First Church. So glad you guys are joining us, whether you're here on site or online. I am fired up to be here. Love our church family. Hopefully you guys are excited to be here as well. And I just looked in online. We've got a whole bunch of people worshiping with us like Jerry, Melissa, and Isaac who are in Florida right now. Eli, who's in Denver, Colorado. Andrea, who says that she normally is here on site but had to watch online today, but we're glad you're still connected with us today. Joey's in the Gulf of Mexico and a whole bunch of others. So if you are here on site, would you get loud, put your hands together, welcome in our online family. Family. So glad to have all of you guys worshiping with us today. And this past week has been a fun week here at First Church because it was our Kid Fest week. And in case you haven't heard, we had like 446 kids registered for Kid Fest this week, which was incredible. And that's just, that's just like elementary age. That's it, that age group. But it was still incredible. And it's our biggest Kid Fest. It was our biggest Kid Fest ever. And it took over 150 volunteers to make it happen. So if you would, could you give it up for our volunteers that helped this past week? And if you missed what was going on during Kid Fest, take a look at this video real fast. Yeah, it was a fun week. And my kids are already looking forward to next year. And if, you, if your kids or grandkids weren't a part of it this year, make sure they sign up next summer because it is an absolute blast. And I love our church family because we're not a church that just does big things or special things one week out of the year or maybe just on the holidays like Christmas and Easter. We see God moving every single week. And I believe every single week here at First Church is exciting. And that's why I am pumped to jump back into our series today, Tall Tales, as we are confronting different cultural myths and lies that oftentimes pull us away from God. God, sometimes without us even realizing it. And one thing we've been saying in this series over and over again is this, if the truth can set us free, then lies have the power to hold us hostage, to hold us captive. Jesus says in John chapter eight, the truth will set you free. And so we believe that's true, but if the truth can set us free, then lies can definitely hold us hostage. And Satan, our enemy, he knows the power of a lie. He knows that what we believe has power over us, even if what we believe isn't true. And Satan knows that most of us, he's probably never going to convince us to be his full-fledged followers. He gets that. But if he can trick us and deceive us into moving away from God, well, that's his go-to strategy. That's what he loves to do. In fact, Paul warns us about this. And Paul says in 2 Corinthians eleven three, he says, but I am afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his trickery, your minds will be led astray from sincere and pure devotion to Christ. 
Paul is basically letting us know this has been Satan's game plan, his go-to strategy since the beginning of creation to deceive us, to lie to us, to trick us into following something that isn't true, thinking that we're actually doing what's right. And that's why it's important for us to make sure that we are examining God's word and listening to his voice and paying attention to what he says is true because he is the source of all truth. Because it's easy to be confident about something and yet be totally wrong. Anybody ever been there before? Anybody ever been really confident about something only to be embarrassed later to find out that you were wrong? I was online this week and I came across this video of this lady who went to visit her sister and she is kind of a character and so she thought she would, you know, ring the doorbell in a funny way and come to find out she was at the wrong house. She thought she was at her sister's house, but she wasn't. And take a look at this video. Help me! Help me! Help me! It's possible to be really confident about something and be completely wrong. And that's why we're looking at different cultural myths or lies that people are often confident about. Like they're confident, they're true, but they're not. Like in the first week, we talked about how follow your heart isn't good advice. In fact, the Bible tells us to do the opposite of that, to lead our heart to Jesus. And we've also talked about how Jesus isn't a crutch, even though a lot of people believe that. Last week, we talked about the lie how good people don't go to, or people believe good people go to heaven, but that's not the case. It's not good people who go to heaven. It's resurrected people who go to heaven. And those are all lies that people are confident are true. And today we're gonna look at another one of those myths in our culture today, and it's this. God doesn't allow more than you can handle. This is a myth that a whole lot of people believe, a lie that a whole lot of people hold to be true. You may have even heard this before, and maybe you believe that right now. In fact, I've heard my entire life people say, the Bible says God will not give you more than you can handle. How many of you guys have ever heard that before? Yeah, look at all the hands. We've heard it, and some of you guys might be thinking, wait a second, that's not right? I mean, that's a lie? That's not true? Well, actually, the Bible never says that. The first church, the first full-time ministry I ever had, I remember there was an elder's wife and she would say over and over again, anytime things would get tough or get difficult, she would say, well, don't worry guys, because the Bible promises God will never give us more than we can handle. And she meant well when she said that, like she wasn't trying to do anything wrong or hurtful. She was well-meaning and she thought she was being helpful. And most people, when they say this, they think they're being helpful. But in all reality, it's not. Because what is this basically telling us? It's basically telling us that God will never allow for us to be in a situation or a circumstance that is something we personally cannot handle. So therefore, if you feel overwhelmed, if you feel stressed out, if you're depressed or in despair or whatever else, then you just need to shape up. You just need to get over it, change your perspective, cowboy up and power through. That's what 
this is basically telling us because God in his grand scheme of things will never let you personally be in a situation that you cannot handle. So just power through it. And what ends up happening is we have this false sense of self-confidence that God doesn't want us to have because it's extremely unhealthy spiritually for us. Now, I know what you might be thinking, but my grandma told me that's in the Bible somewhere. You know, I know it's in there somewhere. Well, the reason why people think it's in there is because they have twisted or distorted, maybe not intentionally, but still they've twisted or distorted a verse that is found in the book of 1 Corinthians. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, the apostle Paul is writing about the subject of temptation. And listen to what he says. No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted. Everybody say that word right there with me on the count of three. Ready? One, two, three. Tempted. I want you to say it because that's what Paul's talking about. Temptation. Being tempted by sin. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted... He will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. Now, what is Paul talking about? He's not talking about life in general here. He's talking about the subject specifically of temptation. What he's saying is whenever temptation comes on strong, God will always provide an escape route. He will always provide an escape plan so that temptation doesn't have to get the best of you. Temptation is a universal thing. We are all going to be tempted by sin, but temptation doesn't have to win over us. Temptation doesn't have to get the best of us. We will never be tempted beyond what we can handle. But it doesn't say that when it comes to life circumstances, that Every circumstance will be something we can handle. Now, this verse from 1 Corinthians 10, 13, I hope it's not disappointing because it's actually a really, really powerful promise for us because it, it also debunks another myth that is common in our culture today, and it's this, the devil made me do it. Anybody ever hear somebody say that? You know, the devil made me do it. Well, that's not true. The Bible says that even though the devil is powerful, he cannot force you and me to do anything. He's powerful, but God has given us free will and he cannot force us to do anything. We will never be in a situation where we are tempted and we cannot find a way out of it. And the Bible repeatedly teaches us this. That's why in the book of James, it says this, it says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. What a promise. Come near to God and he will come near to you. When you resist Satan, he will flee. As long as you turn to God, God will always provide a way out for you. And that's the point of 1 Corinthians 10, 13. I've heard people quote this and say, God will never give you more than you can handle. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says that. No, this is what it says. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. Translation, God will never allow you to be in a situation where your only option is sin. 
Now, that is a huge promise. That is a great word of truth. That's an encouragement to me, and hopefully it is to you as well. And so we need to hang on to that promise because it is definitely something that is practical and useful in our daily lives. But let's make sure that we don't allow for Satan to twist it into something God never intended it to mean. Because we see example after example after example in the Bible of men and women who were faced with situations that were beyond their personal abilities to handle. For instance, in 2 Corinthians chapter one, Paul gets very transparent about what he's been going through in life. And listen to what Paul admits here. Paul says, we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about the hardships we suffered in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure. And then look at what he says, says next. Far beyond our ability to endure. Far beyond our ability to endure. Sounds like somebody's going through something that's beyond his ability to handle, right? Far beyond our ability to endure so that we despaired even of life. What's Paul saying? We were on the verge of giving up because we couldn't handle this on our own. Now that's the apostle Paul saying that. If you know anything about the New Testament, you know that you know, Paul wasn't like a lukewarm Christian or anything, was he? He wasn't one of these fringe believers. He didn't show up just on Christmas and Easter or something like that. I mean, Paul was the real deal. If anybody was all in when it comes to Jesus, it was Paul. And so if Paul can be in a situation that he says was, on his, was beyond his ability to endure, don't you think you and me can find ourselves in a similar situation? The phrase that Paul uses here, far beyond, is actually a Greek word that means a throwing beyond. Meaning, we were thrown something in life that we couldn't catch. We were thrown something in life that we just couldn't handle, that we couldn't manage on our own. I've been watching a lot of baseball here recently. You guys probably know that uh, right now the NCAA tournament for baseball is going on. We just finished the, uh, the World Series when it comes to softball. And by the way, let me give a shout out to the OU Sooners for being national champions again. And I'm not just proud of the Sooners for uh, winning the national championship. I'm also really proud of that interview they gave the other day. And if you haven't seen that online, it's one of the best interviews that I've seen athletes give talking about their faith in recent years. I encourage you to go look that up. It's powerful. But I've been watching a whole lot of softball and baseball here recently. And a few weeks ago, I was watching the SEC tournament, uh, baseball tournament, and Florida was taking on Vanderbilt in this really intense game. And I want you to see what happened at one point. It's the bottom of the first. Vandy has two men on base. They have a man on first and second. No outs. And this is what happens. Take a look at this. It was game one of the Alabama series. Caglione snares it. Lobs at third. He threw it away. Bradfield will jog home behind him. Diaz stopped at third. Felt like he could have handed it to Thomas. Instead, Vandy takes advantage of the error by the pitcher. All those things you see that are just too good to be true, this is one of them right here. Now, I don't know what the pitcher was thinking. Maybe it just slipped. I don't know. I've never been a pitcher, so I have no idea. But obviously, that was not the third baseman's fault, was it? He was thrown something he could not catch, something he could not handle. It doesn't matter how skilled or talented 
the third baseman was, that was beyond his ability to catch. You have to be like Goliath or something, you know, to be able to jump up and get that, right? And what Paul here is saying in this passage is, we were thrown some things in life we couldn't catch, we couldn't handle, we couldn't manage. They were beyond our abilities to endure, to handle. Let me ask, you ever been there? You ever experienced heartache or stress or anxiety, loss, negative news that far surpassed what you were able in that moment to handle? When you just felt totally and completely overwhelmed? I mean, let's be honest. If Paul can feel that way, we can feel that way as well. But I want you to notice what Paul goes on to say in the very next verse. Right after he says it was beyond our ability to endure, look at what he says. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. In other words, God allowed us to be in this situation so that we would learn to rely on him. See, we may not want to admit this, but we weren't created, we weren't made to handle life on our own. We were made to do life with God. We need him. That's why we see passages in the Bible like this one right here. When in the book of Psalms, it says, as a deer longs for flowing streams, so my soul, my inner being longs for you, O God. We were created to do life with God. We were made to do life with him. We were never created to do life on our own. Now, sometimes we believe we can do life on our own, we believe that we are self-sufficient and we want to believe that we can sustain ourselves, but it just isn't true. I once heard someone say, our problem isn't weakness, but self-reliance. And I think there's some truth to that because one of the most dangerous traps in life is to have a false sense of self-confidence, to think that we can handle life, do life on our own. That's so why I love how one version puts Paul's words, which we just read from 2 Corinthians 1.9. It says, we felt we were doomed to die and saw how powerless we were to help ourselves, but that was good. It was for our good. For then we put everything into the hands of God who alone could save us for he can even raise the dead. See, I'm not saying that God causes every overwhelming situation we find ourselves in. He doesn't. We live in a fallen world and sometimes we're overwhelmed and we're stressed out and we deal with anxiety and stuff just because of the curse that is upon this world because of sin. God doesn't cause every overwhelming experience we experience. However, God doesn't always take it away from us. God allows us to go through it sometimes because sometimes we need a wake-up call to remember how much we really need him. He allows us to see our need for him when sometimes we are blind to it. So God allows us to experience things we can't handle on our own to remind us of how much we need him. And I'm convinced that in life, all of us, every single one of us has to deal with things that we can't handle on our own. You know why I know that? because all of us have to face the consequences of sin. And we have no answer for sin. 
on our own. We can't take care of the curse of sin that's on our lives, the curse of sin that's on this world. We cannot do anything about the consequences of sin. We have to face the consequences of sin every single day. And we, you and me, we have no answer for sin. But God does have an answer. And it reminds us that we may find ourselves in situations we can't handle, but we'll never be in a situation that's too much for God to handle. That's the truth that's found in God's word. And if you don't hear anything else that I say today, listen to this. It's not that God won't give you more than you can handle, but this is what God's word is teaching is we may find ourselves in situations we can't handle, but we'll never be in a situation that's too much for our God to handle. So we turn our lives, the situations we're in, the circumstances we find ourselves in over to him. Kyle Eidelman is a preacher in Louisville, Kentucky, Southeast Christian Church, one of the largest churches in America. And several years ago, I heard him tell the story of going on a road trip with his family. And his son at the time was like five or six years old. And his son wanted to bring his own bag full of toys. And so Kyle was like, sure, you can pack a backpack, but you're responsible for it. If you wanna bring your own bag of toys, you've gotta keep up with it. And this was a stage or a phase when his son wanted to prove how strong he was. He's like, I got it, dad. And then he flexes muscles, you know, I can take care. Of it. Well, they got into the car, his son had his bag with him, they took off and they drove for hours and hours and pretty soon nighttime came and Kyle said everybody was asleep in the car but him. You know, dad was the only one awake driving. Some of you dads have been there before and they finally got to their hotel and he woke everybody up so they could go in and he said, let's just bring in our essential bags, what we need for the night so we can go to bed. We'll get the rest of the stuff out in the morning. So they're all getting out of the car and his son wakes up and Kyle thought that he would forget about his bag full of toys, but his son didn't. And so his son is like half asleep, you know, just kind of stumbling along. But he still, he grabs his backpack, which is heavy to him, full of toys. And he starts walking toward the hotel room. And then his son just kind of like stops. And he puts his head down. And Kyle said, I thought he fell asleep standing up. Like he's just kind of standing there, not moving with his eyes shut. And then he just kind of dropped his back and continued to stand there. And Kyle said, he walked up to his boy and he said, you want me to carry that for you? And his son, still half asleep, was like, yeah. And so Kyle picked up his bag. And I remember when Kyle was telling the story, he said, it wasn't heavy for me at all. You know, I, I could handle it. And he picked it up and he walked on. But then he realized his son wasn't moving. His son was still standing there, like with his eyes shut, just standing, you know. And so Kyle came back and he said, buddy, you want for me to carry you too? And his son goes, yeah. And so Kyle, with the backpack on one side, picked up his son with the other hand and carried both to their room. And you know, I think that's an illustration of what God wants to do for us. We focus on the weight that we have to carry around. And sometimes the weight that we carry around is really, really heavy. And God looks at us and says, I can take that off you. It's not too heavy for me. I can do it. But I don't just wanna carry your weight. I wanna carry you too because you weren't meant to do life on your own. You were meant to do it with me. I wanna carry you through life as well because life is hard sometimes. Life is tough. You're gonna find yourself again and again in situations that are beyond your ability to handle. Let me carry you and I'll get you where you need to go. And I don't know what you're dealing with right now in life. If we were to open up the bag that you're carrying around, I don't know what you would pull out. 
I've got rocks in here because I remember a time when we went to the park with my family and we had this backpack like full of like snacks and water for the kids and Allison and I were rotating back and forth carrying this bag and every time I would get it back, it was heavier than the time before and I thought, what is going on? My kids, they like to steal rocks and so they were putting rocks in the bag and finally, like, why is this bag so heavy? Open up, it's full of rocks that my kids wanted to take. I was like, put the rocks back anyway. But I've got some rocks here because rocks are heavy. And what weight are you carrying around? Pain, pain from your past, past hurt. Is it still weighing you down? What about sickness? Has there been some diagnosis that has really got you down? Maybe for you personally or a family member, somebody you love? Are you scared maybe of getting sick or what the test results may be? Is sickness weighing you down? What about just pressure? Pressure at work, pressure at school, pressure in your family life, home life? Is there pressure for you to compromise your faith? Maybe it's pressure that's weighing you down. Maybe it's the unknown. Maybe you're scared because you're surrounded by uncertainty right now and you don't know what the future holds and it scares you to death. Maybe it's loss. You've recently maybe lost a loved one or lost something very important to you or valuable to you. Maybe you've lost a job and you feel empty right now. You're carrying that weight around. Or maybe it's just anxiety in general. Man, our world is so anxious right now. Anxiety levels are going up all the time and maybe you're anxious because you've been putting your faith in the wrong things, putting your hope in the wrong things. And so it just leads to more and more anxiety. I don't know what you're carrying around right now, but what I do know is God not only wants to carry it for you, He also wants to carry you so that as the world continues to try to weigh you down, he can lift you up and he can take you where you need to be because here's the thing, one day God is going to remove all this weight. But until that day comes when he totally removes all this weight and is gone forever for all eternity, he can redeem this weight right now and he can use it in order to teach us to rely on him more, but not only that, in order to change lives around us. That's why God's word tells us that we should not be shocked or surprised when we find ourselves in too big to handle situations. In fact, listen to what Peter says. Peter says, my friends, don't be surprised at the painful things that you are now suffering, which are testing your faith. Don't think that something strange is happening to you. In other words, we should expect moments in life that test our faith. We should expect for us to have moments that are too big for us to handle. And in those moments, the most spiritually mature thing we can do is not to say, I got this, I can handle this. The most spiritually mature thing we can do and say, God, I don't got this and I need you. That's why we see passages in the Bible, like what it said in Psalm 119, my suffering was good for me. When's the last time you said that? My suffering was good for me 
for it taught me to pay attention to your decrees. It was good for me because God had taught me to pay attention to you. Psalm 119 goes on to say, if I had not found joy in your teachings, my suffering would have destroyed me. See, our suffering can destroy us if we don't turn it over to God. And that's why we said earlier, your situation may be too big for you to handle, but it's never too big for God to handle. Because in those more than we can handle moments, this is what happens. We deepen our dependence on God. We learn to rely on him and not on ourselves. But not only that, we grow in our faith and in our character. Guys, I have been through situations that have been more than I could handle. And I don't wanna go back through those situations again. I don't wanna experience those moments again, but I would not trade what God taught me during those times. Have you been there before? Also, those situations expose our false gods. If we're putting our faith, our hope in stuff that isn't real, false gods, that needs to be exposed so that we can rely on the one true God and last, wakes us up to God's voice. Because when you realize you can't handle the situation that you're in on your own, you start to listen to God and pay attention to his voice in a way like maybe you hadn't been, you haven't been. See, God isn't finished with us and he is able to work through our weaknesses. And we talk a lot about giving God our talents and our strengths, you know, serving him. But the Bible also teaches us we are to give him our weaknesses. And when's the last time you've given your weakness to God to let him work through it? Because this is the promise we have in scripture. My grace is all you need, God says. My power works best in weakness. The most spiritually mature thing you can do is not say, I got this. It's to say, God, I don't got this. I need you. I'm gonna give it over to you. Because life at times, contrary to what your grandma may have told you or what someone else may have told you, life at times will be more than what we can handle. But God's grace is always more than we can imagine. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much that you not only want to carry our weight for us through this life, but you also promise to carry us. I pray today that if there's anybody listening to this message that is carrying weight on their own or trying to carry it on their own, that they will turn it over to you because the spiritually mature are those who say, God, we don't got this. We need you. May that be our prayer today. In the name of Jesus, I pray, amen.